1: Welcome back to the Chris and Joe Show, presented to you by SB Nation and Big Blue View. I'm Joe DeLeon, joined by Chris Flum. Free agency is getting even closer, and despite the recent concerns with coronavirus and the suspensions of other sporting events, you can fully expect free agency to continue as planned for now. We don't know... By the time that this show is potentially released, if that information might change, but there's been an indication from the NFL that none of that stuff should be impacted. We were talking before the show that there really should not be any issues, considering teams can send contracts through emails, they can have those things signed and then sent back and scanned. All that stuff can be done remotely. It obviously hinders the ability to have visits with free agencies, uh, with uh, free agents rather and all of those things. We'll still have to monitor the situation and hopefully things do continue. And on the 16th, there is an actual free agency and we can still keep discussing this and giving you the content that we intended to. So today's show, like we were planning on this Friday, like we always do, we're giving you the mailbag. This time it is free agency related. Most of the questions that we have for today's show are free agent questions as we pulled on Facebook and Instagram and also for our email. However, our first question that we have is more scheme based, so we figured we address that first and then hit on all of the remaining free agent questions that we have here on tap. That first question is from a listener who sent in via email, Uh, his name's Sean, and his question is, if you had to guess, do you think things could go south real quick if it's too much? Implying the new scheme from Patrick Graham implemented for the new Giants defense, or was uh, just, or was the coaching just not there with Betters D? The common theme from what I'm getting is that Graham wants to run a multiple and fluid scheme. What are your thoughts on this and how it could impact the younglings compared to Betters defense? So there's a lot of new things that are going to be coming into play. A completely new defense implemented by the former defensive coordinator of the Miami Dolphins this past season before he came over with Joe Judge's staff. We have an understanding of what that scheme is going to look like because he was using it in Miami and we actually had Big Blue View's own Nick Flatto detail and break down what that defense does. So Chris, can you kind of elaborate and give the short version of what Nick addressed and also what we can really expect here?
2: yeah sure. and I'd just like to say before I right off the bat, when we put the post for this podcast up, we will be linking to Nick's piece. so I encourage everybody, especially if you get this podcast from iTunes or Spotify or wherever you if you aren't getting it right from Big Blue View, go to b b v and look at the post for this and read Nick's piece because it is excellent. What Patrick Graham liked to do with the Dolphins, because he did not have much talent to work with at all. I mean, Avery Moss was a starting edge in his defense. So what he liked to do was try to use stunts, slants, a lot of games up front. He liked to run a lot of games up front to try to get numbers advantages for his defense. Try to get three offensive linemen blocking two defensive players, which would create a free-run for a third defensive player now those sorts of things do require a lot of communication a lot of attention to detail from the players you know they have to have their timing right they have to have know who is going where whose job is what and then they need to execute so i think the coaching and the teaching aspect will be huge with this defense i mean it's it's a brand new scheme brand new language all of that. So obviously, coaching is going to be huge. And I find myself saying it almost every day, coaching matters. So having the teachers during the week behind the scenes, putting in the work that we frankly aren't going to see, we're only going to see the results on Sunday, that is going to be big. And I think that was one of the issues with Vetcher's defense over the last two years. The fact that the Giants coaching staff... It, It never really seemed to click and we kept seeing the same mistakes over and over and over again, which does point to an issue with coaching even more so than any issues with the scheme. The other thing I think we will see from Patrick Graham is a willingness to simplify and hopefully coach to the talent he has, which was something we saw in Miami. He just didn't have a lot of talent to coach to. If communication is becoming an issue with the defense, I would hope and at least to a little bit expect him to cut down on the things that need communicating, at least until the defense starts to get traction, the guys start to get fluent in it. Now the other part of the question is how does this impact the young players? Yeah, a lot of that will be coaching. Another part of it will be what veterans the Giants bring in, because right now they don't really have a veteran core on their defense. I mean, right now it's Antoine Bethea and we don't really expect him to stick around. Other than that, um, it's basically Dalvin Tomlinson and yeah, that's about it for their veteran players. So I would expect the Giants, and this leads into our free agency questions, I would expect the Giants to invest in veteran players for their defense and hope that the veteran players can help smooth the transition over into this new defensive scheme as
1: you can tell there's a lot of things that really come into play just so things can run smoothly and I'm sure there is a ton of communication between Dave Gettleman Patrick Graham and Joe Judge to find those specific pieces that are going to fit and work well with this with this defense and also coach up guys so they can learn and compete and go out there and execute things at a high level the first question that we have is now free agency related. This is from Always Giants on Instagram. They're asking, should we sign Kyle Van Noy? That's a pretty simple question right there. Well, depends on how you want to use Kyle Van Noy and where you think that he'll be an impact player. I think that if you swing and miss on a bunch of these other linebacker available free agents, Kyle Van Noy could serve as a very
2: good piece in your defense. He was originally drafted by the Detroit Lions. He was with them. He was with them for two and a half years until the Patriots acquired him. And that was really where we saw the uptick in production from him. In his two and a half years with the Lions, he had all of one sack. And basically his first two years he had 16 tackles so he really did nothing before signing on with the patriots and the bulk of his production has really come since basically bill belichick took over personal control of the defense now i'm not saying the giants should stay away from him they should i'm not saying they should not sign him but i think we should recognize that van noy really wasn't a productive player until the best coach in the history of the game got his hands on him so if the Giants sign him I hope they pay close attention to what the Patriots did and how they used him and fortunately they do have some insight into that with Brett Bielema and Joe Judge on the staff but I think we should also kind of temper expectations and maybe not expect eight ten sacks out of him maybe kind of settle for the five sacks maybe that level of production so just I'm not saying they shouldn't but we should go into a potential Van Noy signing with our eyes open it
1: certainly does help that he has that connection to a number of the coaches on the Giants coaching staff and that that could help that situation further if they think they can get the most out of him possibly but like you said it is a bit up in the air because He did previously play with another team and it took until he was a New England Patriot for them to really get that top-end production out of him. It's also kind of hard to really understand how he'd project in Patrick Graham's defense. I don't fully know if he would be a complete scheme fit, but the real only connection we have right now here is from the fact that Brett Bielma uh, and Joe Judge were previously his coach. That's really the only Connection that is really making that a possibility. Our next question that we have from Sam Vlado from Instagram is asking Is Byron Jones the better option to sign than on Clowney? I said this previously on the defensive show. If they can sign both of them, I fully encourage them to do so. It's going to cost them a ton of money. But if you're willing to spend and address both of those needs, you should might as well do it. But if we're picking one over the other, I'm going to say that that Clowney, in my opinion, would be the better option because while he does not have tremendous production in his past, having a top-end pass rusher can elevate the performances of everyone else on your defense. He can help the secondary. He can help the linebackers. If he plays well, and also with a good defensive line he can really tee off and and have a good first year with the giants if they sign him if you have a guy like clowney that creates pressures and causes problems for opposing offenses that will have a huge huge impact
2: yeah i i would say all other things being equal you know basically equal contracts i would probably err on the side of clowney i have to admit i was a fan of his coming out and not just because of the hit but Yeah, I think he can have that kind of almost multiplicative impact on the rest of the defense. That being said, and we'll get into this. This does lead into our next question. I am not sure if the amount of money it's going to take to sign him is really worth it. Obviously, if you want an elite pass rusher, you have to invest in it. You either have to invest a high draft pick or a lot of money. And Clowney is probably the best pass rusher the Giants can get at this point. Yeah, know, they probably, unless things go very differently from how we think they might or think they will, the giants are probably not going to be getting chase young. And then the other top r- pass rushers will probably be off the board before the giants get a chance to pick again at the top of the second round. So if they want to add an elite pass rusher, or at least an elite athlete at the edge position, it's probably going to have to be clowny. However, the difference between Clowney's contract and what Byron Jones will likely get paid could also add them a good pass rusher, and then they could maybe go for a little bit more of a quantity over quality track, which isn't ideal. But to quote the philosopher Jagger, you don't you can't always get what you <laughs> want, but if you try, sometimes you can get what you need.
1: That was heck of a pull there for for, for that quote. It is really going to be interesting to to see actually what happens if they get either of them, if they can get both of them, or if they can at least get one or the other. Because either player is going to have a huge impact. It's it's really the question's so hard to answer fully because it's a almost like a one a one b answer. Because if you one answer is not more right than the other, they're both good answers. If you get Byron Jones. The, the secondary improves significantly, which is important facing offenses that have prolific passing attacks. But if you get Jadevian Clowney, that's also going to elevate everyone around him and the defensive line, the linebackers, you name it. it there's really no downside, but rather a speculation of which is going to be slightly more positive than the other.
2: I was going to say, and honestly, I think your initial reaction was was most right, if possible, just sign both of them.
1: <laughs> yeah, it'll cost $40 million, but that still leaves you another thirty to spend elsewhere, depending on what you want to do with it. So uh, it's a ton of money, but I don't think it's unreasonable with the amount of cap space the Giants have right now and the amount of cap space that they'll have in the future. We have three more questions left for you on today's show, but before we get to them, we're going to take a very short commercial break. Next up out of the break, our question is coming from the Better Me11 from Instagram. He is asking, Do you think we should sign Clowney or use that money to add more players? So just for the sake of making this a, a broader question, why don't we approach it in is it better to sign one of these top five guys, or is it better to sign multiple players to fill multiple needs? I'm going to say I would rather sign Clowney, Byron Jones, one of those players, rather than sign a bunch of smaller guys for smaller contracts. In most cases, actually rather in this case, quality is much better than quantity. You could sign a number of players for $5 million deals that are towards the bottom of this available free agent list. But... Does that really improve your defense? Does it make a splash? Does it have that huge impact? Maybe you go and sign guys that are scheme-specific that you know if you work with them, they will have impact years. Maybe maybe that's the better option. But as of right now, signing a big player that is going to have a huge impact and improve the performances of everybody around him, that is a necessity, especially considering how bad the Giants' defense looked last year. They need to, to bring in someone that is of
2: above average to elite quality um of a player and talent yeah i definitely agree i'm not exactly sure that's clowny i as i just said i am a fan of his i think he can have a tremendous impact i would take a long look at dante fowler uh, another guy we brought up in our best available defensive free agents show and he might be a little bit more affordable and he might be able to, well, rather, he would improve the defense. He would give them a productive veteran. And also, his contract might allow the Giants to sign another good player, yeah, maybe one of the linebackers that are available for a similar price as they could get for just Clowney.
1: Next question we have from Daniel Osmar from Instagram. He is asking, who is the most important Free agent to sign. Well, we've been talking about basically the same two guys. And I completely agree with your point that you just had there, Chris, about maybe Clowney isn't the best option because he's going to be so expensive. But I think regardless, adding some type of top-level pass rusher is important. I don't want to get too specific. I'm going to say that Clowney is at the top of my list. But a pass rusher has been a need for the Giants since they got rid of Jason Pierre-Paul. They have not really had a splash, home run type pass rusher that can make big plays. Marcus Golden had 10 sacks last year, but you didn't really feel that impact from him. He didn't have much production besides... More specific games. There were games that he had, you know, two sacks here, two sacks there. There were some games where he wasn't really on the board that much. They need someone that is going to have a significant impact in the pass rush. And it's clear that in today's NFL, you need a top level pass rusher for your defense to work well.
2: Yeah, definitely. And honestly, if you can arrange it, two top level pass rushers. if only it was that simple (laughs) get one one for the left side one for the right side eventually you'll find the matchup that works but i'm actually going to go to the other side of the ball and i'm going to say graham glasgow the center slash guard recently cut by the detroit lions i have seen a lot of people wondering what the lions were thinking why they made that move and frankly i have no idea Glasgow has basically been their best and most consistent lineman. He's durable, he doesn't miss games, he's versatile, and he's a good blocker. So I would actually make a strong run at him because I think even with Jack Conklin, Glasgow is now the best offensive lineman on the market, and he fits right in the Giants' offensive line at a position of dire need. John Jalapio was not great, and he's dealing with ruptured Achilles. Spencer Pulley basically over a season stretched between 2018 and 2019 showed why the Chargers let him walk. And it's not like they have a great offensive line who could spare spare to lose him. So I would really shore up the middle, get an actual experienced starting center who can identify pressures, who can call protections, who can be that kind of keystone piece in the middle of your offensive line. That will make Will Hernandez's life easier. That will make Kevin Zeitler's life easier. And it would make Daniel Jones's life easier.
1: Before Glasgow, uh, Glasgow was released, we didn't really have a, a top quality guy that we were pushing for the Giants to sign. We were saying maybe Connor McGovern. We weren't entirely sure if there was that type of a guy available. But now that Glasgow is available, he is at the top level of his position and he could step right in play, huge dude and have an incredible impact for an offensive line that really is missing an anchor in the middle. Our last question from parent i9 is asking, even though we already have Alex Tanny, should we seek another quarterback in free agency or in the draft? To answer this question, I would much rather have a additional quarterback signing in free agency rather than the draft. And my reasoning for that is that it's not that I don't trust Alex Tanney. I'd rather have a a higher quality backup than him. And if you're bringing in a rookie, that doesn't really make a lot of sense when you have a a second-year quarterback. If you have that second-year quarterback like we've seen with other teams do intentionally, you got to go out and get a veteran guy that can step in and play at a moment's notice if things go wrong. The Bears have Chase Daniel, who is now a free, going to be a free agent. You have teams like the Eagles with Carson Wentz signing someone like Josh McCown, who can step in and play in a moment's notice if something happens. That veteran presence as your backup is so key in the development and also the general presence of your team compared to bringing in a rookie. If you bring in and draft a rookie backup quarterback, well, he's going to take some time to develop. Is he actually going to stick around? Uh, would he get pushed to the practice squad? You really don't know what that fit is going to be. It's it's really not as smart to go out there and draft a rookie to be your backup if you're unsure of what you're getting, how long it's going to take for him to develop, and if you're not even going to really play him. You're better off spending those picks on other positions of need and trying to fill out the rest of your, of your roster.
2: Yeah, I agree in general. However, if a quarterback that you maybe have like a fifth round grade on happens to slip to one of the Giants' many seventh round draft picks, I would not mind them spending that on that quarterback just because you never quite know. And having a young guy you can develop, eventually he could become a trade chip. Yeah, you know, that's something other teams have done with, you know, pretty good success, I think most notably the Eagles and the Packers. But just having a young quarterback and maybe even you double dip, you get a another veteran backup to battle with Alex Tanney to improve the quarterback two position, and then maybe you have a young guy like say maybe Nate Stanley or Bryce Perkins. Nate Stanley out of Iowa, or Bryce Perkins out of Virginia. Both of, both of you are big, athletic guys. They've got athletic upside, but they're not really polished passers. Maybe you could develop one of those guys as your quarterback three with whoever the best veteran left standing is as your quarterback two. Now, I think that's, with the number of late-round picks the Giants have, I think that's something that's at least worth considering, depending on how the draft board falls.
1: All right, that's all of the final questions that we have here regarding free agency on the mailbag episode. Hopefully everything goes according to plan and we have free agency to discuss next week. Be sure to rate and subscribe wherever you're listening to us and also follow us on social media at BigBlueView. You can follow me at Joe DeLeon and you can follow Chris at Raptor MKII. Stay tuned for next week where we will be putting out daily reactions to the moves that occur in free agency.